The moment the pandemic hit us, I went into COVID shock. I think a lot of us did. Not knowing what to do, not knowing how to live, scared for loved ones and scared for humanity, scared for the future. My response to all of it was to freeze. I tried not to show it. I was on social media constantly because, well, I was constantly online trying to find news about the virus, the vaccine teams, the treatment teams, uh, updates on diagnostic testing. I was in full panic mode, like a lot of people. Not that anyone could know, but I also lost a lot of weight during this time. I mean, I was rail thin and had no desire to do much, no desire to make music, listen to music. These quarantine jams everyone was doing was puzzling to me. I was genuinely confused as to how people could muster up the energy to sing and strum chords while the whole world seemed to be melting to the ground. To combat these feelings, I took this podcast from bi-weekly to weekly. It immediately gave me something to do, got me to interact with others, remind myself that I wasn't the only one in this situation, and busied my mind in order to keep it from lapsing back into the unending loop of COVID anxiety. Well, what I should have done. Right at the top of the pandemic, right at the top of locking down, instead, what I should have done was talk to Blaine Cartwright. Blaine Cartwright of Nashville Pussy is the calming voice everyone needs to hear during these shaky times. His disposition and outlook on life is the perfect neutralizer to my worrisome temperament. Talking to him here for the podcast automatically put me in a calm and jovial mood. I just wish I would have thought about talking to Blaine back in March. Now, what reminded me to get Blaine on the podcast was seeing Nashville Pussy post about this spoken word release they put out just a few weeks ago called Blaine Cartwright's Hilarious History of High as Hell. It's Blaine's spoken word debut, and it is fantastic. I gotta say, it's probably my album of the year. Right now, I'm gonna call it album of the year, hands down. I only wish they put this out sooner, so it would have calmed me down sooner. It's basically Blaine talking about making the album High as Hell, Nashville Pussy's second full length that came out in the year 2000, and the whole album cycle, including the Grammy nomination for Fried Chicken and Coffee from their Let the Meat Pussy debut on Rep. If you listen to it, you'll understand why Blaine is one of the best guys you can have on tour with you. A total music fanatic, there's never a dull moment with Blaine. Dullness fades into the background when Blaine Cartwright's around. I also enjoyed listening to it because he matter-of-factly lays out the real side of the music biz. And that makes me feel a little less lonely. It's also proof that the only ones who don't get screwed in the music biz are the crooked ones. Now we've known Blaine and Ryder Size forget this. 22 years. We first played with Nashville Pussy 22 years ago. A few shows in Ontario when they were, quite frankly, the hottest band in the land. No band was hotter than Nashville Pussy back then. I also remember Jeremy Thompson and Corey Parks making fun of me for wearing FUBU gear, but that only made me wear it even more. They were also the hardest touring band I had ever seen. During those late 90s, nobody, and I mean nobody, toured more than Nashville Pussy. And I winced at the thought of trying to keep up with the regimen. I think we did, though, whether we wanted to or not. 
But there was one year that Nashville Pussy played Toronto four times. Uh, It's just, that was just insane. And you would think, after all these years, and after I was on their From Hell to Texas album on the song I'm So High, we would have toured together by now, but it only happened last year, last February 2019 on the West Coast of America. Long overdue, but well worth the wait. It was a lot of fun to tour with Nashville Pussy. They are a four-on-the-floor bullet train, like a guitar wallop come to life. Blaine has eased into the Statesman for a fragmented rock scene and should be president if there was any justice in the world. So I caught up with Blaine at his place in Atlanta. Ryder joined us as well in the background. And I must mention here that Blaine and I joked about this thing both starring in a reboot of the Odd Couple sitcom show on tour and again on this podcast episode. And if anyone out there can make that happen and get the big honchos at Netflix to cast us in it, I'm pretty sure Blaine would be down because I am. Of course, he'd be Oscar and I'd be Felix. Anyways, get ready because, because the hilarious, hell-raising, High as hell, hootenanny maestro himself, Blaine Cartwright, is on the podcast with writer size, guitarist extraordinaire, and it starts now. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around. Nick Flynn again is Tango's crew. I'm still over free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fuck Joe. Stop playing Hang Joe Joe. Danko Jones has a podcast. It's called the Danko Jones Podcast. Login protocol initiated. Sequencing algorithm interface. The official Danko Jones podcast uploaded. Listen with caution. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Hello. Hey, we're listening to Dance, Dance, Dance right now. The writer is. I think it's the name of the song, Dance, Dance, Dance. Yeah, <laughs> that was a song where. We put it out on. We released a video while we were on tour with you guys, and then we got so much hate for it. <laughs> Not from us. Not from us. No. Back, people were looking for things to hate back then. They could, you could have released it now. People would fucking love it, man. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It's just song crazy. for the song for the ages right now, man. Seriously, everyone could be dancing. Make your own little self video of you and your family, everybody. Contest, all that good stuff, you know. It's a good song. It's very we like ZZ Top, and that sounds like you guys do too. You know. Thank you. That's exactly what we were going for. Yeah, it's hard to do, man. <laughs> Seriously, we tried it a few times, and it's like, yeah, not really. We got little bits and bits and pieces of ZZ Top in there. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah. Have you seen his? Have you seen the uh, ZZ Top documentary on Netflix? Yeah, I, I yes, I have. I watched it the other night when I was in Kentucky. At our guitar player, Knockout Hammer's house, uh, I just, I did, I'm not a big fan of Queens of the Stone Age, and I thought I'd, like I immediately was snobby and turned it off, 
that Josh, that Josh guy was on there. Even though I don't have anything against that guy at all, it's just like, oh, why is he on here? It's easy talk. <laughs> I mean, seriously, of all the people, it's like you know. But I guess they're, a lot of their peers are dead, and all their heroes are too. So I don't know. I guess they're trying to appeal to. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, uh, we we did a tour with those guys uh, for two weeks, and it was probably the best two weeks of our lives. You know, pretty close. You know, it was great. We did see Josh once. Yeah, with Josh wasn't there. It was like California. <laughs> What, you, you toured with Queens of the Stone Age? No, ZZ Top. Oh, ZZ Top. Oh, I see. Wow. We, no, we did Coke all night with, Z, with Queens of the Stone Age after a festival. <laughs> they <laughs> well, bought it, you know, that what, was years ago, way well, back in the early 2000s. When was that ZZ Top tour? It was great, man. We had... When, a, was, uh, when was it? Uh, it was great. He said when. Uh, it was great. Uh, it was around. Uh, it was. See, it was about seven years ago, and uh, basically we got uh, an, an offer. And, uh, they said, "Hey, man, do you want to open for ZZ Top?" We got like, you get five hundred dollars a show. There's six shows, and uh, they're all in California. So uh, it, we figured out it was going to cost us like it cost us about fifteen thousand dollars to do the tour, but our we use our record company Advance to do that. And uh, it was a fucking amazing. To get a bus. Yeah, we had a bus. We had to go in a bus because, uh, uh, you know, so we had a bus starting from uh, Atlanta to uh, all the way to California and to do the shows. And we did punk clubs in between to make a little extra money. And it was it was interesting. It was great, I though. We were playing wineries. Yeah, we played like a winery and stuff. Uh, uh, we played like a, a, oh, God, what was it? Julian Gallo, one of those plays, Gallows, Ernest Gallows, yeah, winery, yeah. Was ZZ was Top? Yep. Yeah, but here it was, the first the first thing, the first show was, um, we came out, we played a theater, and I only held about a couple thousand people, and we didn't know if we were going to go over or not, because we were us, you know, and uh, and it was, it was like, very conservative crowd, I mean, it was, yeah. uh, they have a much older crowd in America yeah. than they do uh, anywhere else, and we came came out, and the only I couldn't see the audience whatsoever. We couldn't see the audience whatsoever, except for two little girls in front. They're obviously begrudgingly come to the show. It couldn't have been twelve, uh, and they were sitting there. So we played the first couple of songs, like we run, you know, one after another, and then we, uh, and then I kept waiting. I couldn't see into the audience, and I kept waiting for is there going to be booze or applause? And <laughs> there was a bunch of applause, so that was good. The, the last show we did was at uh, some weird park in Oregon, uh, and it was like it was like a big field, and we did we had to kill uh, we couldn't cuss it wasn't easy tops the it wasn't easy tops decision it was the venues you can't say fuck you or anything like that wow no so that limits our uh, that limits our uh, our catalog for sure. And <laughs> it, it, you play an extra twenty minutes, and and we go. So we so we played Nutwish to the Limits and No Cow Blues each for fifteen minutes. And it just jammed, <laughs> and it was so it was really. And I did my little shtick. I pretended to faint when I screamed and all that. And and at the very end, we got a standing ovation. And I was like, I've never seen this before. Why haven't I seen people give us a standing ovation after fifteen hundred <laughs> shows? Because we never played anyone sitting down before. And so I was like, oh, I, 
and, and these people were, were their people were with their families and, and had coolers and blankets and eating sandwiches and stuff. So for them to get up and you know and uh, clap was a big deal. They're old. <laughs> <laughs> did you get to Did you get to hang out with uh, Billy Gibbons? Oh, yeah, a whole yeah. lot, a whole lot. Oh we, uh, man, knew him from. Uh, we knew him from. Uh, um, he came to a couple of our shows early on, and we were fans. Uh, he used to have his, he used to have our sticker on his computer. Yeah, and uh, was weird uh, the uh, a guy who used to live next door to me in Kentucky. His name's Elwood Francis. Uh, his girlfriend actually was a bass player, not on Hammer for like a day. Uh, he he uh, it was he's Billy Gibbons' right hand man uh, right. for um, uh, for the last twenty years. And so uh, I, me and the uh, um, me and the Knockout Hammer drummer Rob went and saw ZZ Top and say hey to our friend here in Atlanta. And uh, we sh- we went backstage and hung out with Billy for a little bit and everything. Talked about music and that was great. Next thing I know, is, uh, National Pussy gets an offer. Can you be in California next week? And so that was great. It was a. Uh, it was really it had those really low key, uh, a really low key crew. They just smoked a lot of weed, and uh, there wasn't any yelling or raising of voices or anything. No one was like, "We got to get this stuff out of here." And the roadies weren't yelling. Everything was really low key, and they had barbecue every day. Catered, <laughs> uh, catered barbecue every day. And uh, oh yeah, Ryder Juice with Billy. Yeah, they did a juice. That juice. Yeah, Billy had a juicer. And you guys juiced together? Yeah, we were after the show. We were juicing the whole fucking rider. It was wonderful. We were pouring salsa in it and shit like that. Oh, that's going to be delicious. Ooh, put a little of this in there. Oh yeah, let's do that. Ooh, jalapeno. <laughs> oh man, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah we actually, we got to brush our teeth with them and stuff like that. We'd wake up on site, and in the morning, we'd all do our little pajama trek with our toiletry bag into the venue and brush our teeth, and we'd be like, "That was awesome." Just you know, Walking next to Dusty and stuff. Yeah. How was how was Dusty yeah. Hill? It one it was one day where we were on we were in uh, California, and or one of the shows, and uh, um, there was I guess there was a, a flea market going on on the on parking lot grounds where our bus would park, and so Billy lock, Billy knocks on our bus door and goes flea market, <laughs> <laughs> and our friend who's Elwood who's the uh, his it was his assistant guitar tech assistant. Uh, for, he says that Billy basically has to have a separate bus to carry junk in. That he, he buy he buys stuff, buy stuff nonstop. You know, but he was, uh, yeah, it was a great, yeah, the best two weeks of our lives. And SPV was our record label at the time. I don't know if you guys work with them or not. And they were excited about us touring with ZZ Top because in in Germany, ZZ Top's audience is a lot younger and heavy rock and roll dudes. And here it was like. And here it was really like I didn't know people who sold went to concerts though, but it was uh, it was it was great. Factory <laughs> night, and that uh, and we sold we we sold a lot of t-shirts. Believe it or not, and I was. Uh, and we had we had a lot of people come up to us, like a lot of women go, "You guys are really good." <laughs> that that's great. I know ZZ Top has an older crowd in North America. Like when they played Toronto, they were on tour with Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. They were on. They were on tour with. Uh, I saw him one the time I met him backstage. They were on tour with Three Doors Down, and Gre- Gretchen Wilson. It was. Uh, it was weird. It was just like people who like like music. Hey, we like music. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it 
it, it really was. And like uh, that one of the concerts, some of the audience, I mean, it, it, they, as soon as they broke into the She's Got Legs, yeah, and it was you know, yeah, people trying to dance and. <laughs> Bonnie, Bonnie was looking out and just going, "Oh, they're gonna feel that tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> they start doing that little slow dance. <laughs> so, did you hear from them ever since? Yeah, we we uh, actually when we recorded our last record, we went and uh, hung out. I've hung out with them like we go to see them every time they're around. So we brought we them said, a CD radio. Huh? We brought him a CB. We brought radio. him a CB radio. We found it uh, that from uh, is that from Greg? Yeah. Yeah, the Kentucky Headhunters. Uh, we were recording where the Kentucky Headhunters live. The last Natural Pussy record, and a guitar player from Kentucky Headhunters gave us a CB radio to give to Billy uh, that he found, and we took that there to Paducah. And one other time, I I went uh, here in uh, Atlanta. A writer went here, and one time we went with, with uh, we got free tickets for John Fogerty and ZZ Top. Uh, and that was in some place in Atlanta. So anytime they come around, we go see them. And depending on uh, how long they have, they always say hey. And Billy says hey. Uh, I didn't never talk. I never talked to the other two. Uh, once Frank Frank Barrett always had Frank Barrett had a dog. It was always on. Uh, come on, Kiz Gizmo. It come on stage at the end, and uh, he uh, it was like he was on dog was on tour, and uh, there was one point where on one of the one of the shows. I was sitting backstage in the National Pussy dre- little dressing room by myself, and the uh, dog, Gizmo, came and looked in the re- dressing room, and he looked around and saw he was in the wrong place. I said, hey, and he just walked off. <laughs> wow. That's... I said, Nin. He, he had the same look that James Hatfield had when he walked in our dressing room accidentally during one of the Motorhead tours. Looked <laughs> 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 the left, looked the right, and just said, Nin, walk away. <laughs> yeah, he had all access pass. <laughs> wow. Well, he seems like a good dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Dusty Hill wasn't wasn't as outgoing, or he, he uh, didn't hang out. The, well, I mean, like I really knew I knew uh, uh, Elwood uh, really as a, as a guitar tech, really, 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 really well. Like I said, living store to me for years, and he was a fixture in the Lexington music scene. And he actually was a guitar tech for uh, Steve Vai and Kirk Hammett. And uh, Joe Perry, he grew up doing that. And so uh, I would go backstage because of him, and if nothing else, me and him would hang out. And, uh, you know, they just smoke a lot of weed, so uh, we get along good. So they do what we call Kentucky smoking. That means you, uh, you uh, roll one up while you're smoking one now. You don't, <laughs> you don't stop. I, you know. But, uh, no, uh, there wasn't uh, – it was weird because I, like – I've hung around Billy a few times in the situation at the, uh, uh, in the, and where the, what do you call that? Uh, catering. catering, sorry, sorry. But eating at the catering, I think I actually like put my paper plate for the barbecue down at the ZZ Top table next to Billy, and they and were kind of looked at me like, oh, okay. I don't, okay. <laughs> wow. There's a little hierarchy there. <laughs> no, just there, just there. Right, just right. There, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm talking about something that I was going to, and I was always going to start asking questions about things with that guy so yeah uh, we have to introduce him to Jello Offer too uh Jello was at one of the shows in uh in California and uh outside Frisco and Jello was like of course I saw them back in 1970 you know just at, or whatever it was it was something yeah. really early you know? yeah, yeah yeah and how'd that go down oh great they're no nice you know oh man there's a picture of uh there's a picture of we were backstage 
and it was us and Jello and Norman Greenbaum who did a song "Spirit in the Sky." Uh-huh. So, there's a picture of like Nashville Pussy, Norman Greenbaum, and uh, and Jello B. Offer together. Nah, DZ wasn't there. <laughs> DZ wasn't there that one. Yeah. So how's it going with uh, you got you just came back from Kentucky uh, from a nine pound hammer recording session? Uh, we were doing a pre-production right now. Of, uh, Daniel Ray is scheduled to come in and produce. Oh, cool! I know, man. Uh, it's uh, th- you know, I mean, nine pound hammers always had some kind of bad luck, and we're like, and we did four shows in New Bomb Turks. And uh, in February, and you can ask the New Bomb Turks, they're just blown away. Everyone's blown away. I'm blown away by Nine Pound Hammer right now. It's better than ever it was. And it's still hard and fast and everything. Just, it's just great. And Singer's been sober for several years, and he's like just it's taken really well. And uh, it's, it's been, it was great. And then we started working on a, uh, a new record in March. Like we did like six songs. Then the next thing you know is the, <laughs> the plague or whatever is going on. So we are put on hiatus for a while and uh, then uh gave me time to finish some songs but then uh also to like say hey man maybe we can get daniel ray in here because everyone's got open schedule <laughs> so uh we're supposed to do a album in kentucky in november with daniel ray i've been going back and forth just started i've gone there for the first time since uh, march and uh, like a last was there last week and it was great yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It really is, and uh, just I'm really happy. We got an amazing bass player and the second guitar player. Singer sounds great, and our drummer is the guy who produced a few of the records. And he has his own little studio. He had his studio, but now he's got one in the basement with his, with his stuff. And we're gonna go to another studio and do it. And everyone was excited. So, and the material seems to be good so far too, man. So I'm I'm really happy. Uh, well, that... I find it. I wrote a lot of songs. Early on, but I, 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 lately I have not written anything. I found this kind of lockdown to be kind of it. Uh, eventually, became very uninspiring. Yeah, I have yeah. a you know, I have a hard time writing. You know, I had a really hard time writing. You know, let's you know, let's dance, 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 <laughs> or whatever you want to write during this. Time. I was like, uh, I seem kind of uh, there's not a lot of stimulation out there. <laughs> a lot to feed on, you know. Yeah, I found that like when the pandemic happened and everyone was in lockdown, everyone in a band was rushing to like uh, upload them playing music in front of their ca- uh, phones and posting it on Instagram and I had no I had I was in no state to play music. I was in shock. I, I don't know how people did it. Yeah, I, I just, uh, well, I just also, too, man, all of those are really lame, and uh, uh, I just, like, I'm just going to wait till, uh, you know, things come back, and, you know, some crazy thing they don't, I mean, that's, that's, and then I'll just, you know, retire or something, but it's like, you know, obviously things are going to go back, but I was just like, like I'm going to wait, because I, I, didn't, I didn't see any good, I didn't see any good virtual stuff, and it was like, oh, man, the Stones did all this something last night, and they're all in different countries or something, mm-hmm. yeah. together, oh, it was terrible. And I'm like, I don't want someone watching something uh, we do, a vir- some kind of virtual thing, just out of some kind of do- civic duty to support. Uh, I don't know. But I understand if people needed money and doing uh, acoustic stuff and having a tip jar, and that's pretty cool. But, uh, but you know, no, man, I haven't, I haven't, 
I can't really watch that stuff. I mean, I just for National Pussy, it seems like you, they could just. There's so many old videos that are amazing on on, on YouTube. They could just watch something like that, and uh, we'll, you know, I didn't. I'd more. I kind of want to put out one of the like songs during this at first, and and you know something's gonna be lasting because I don't know. If there's ever going to be any after this is over with, I don't know if anyone's going to sit around and watch virtual stuff. Oh yeah, I think they're bed. No one's going to say they did their best work while they're in, <laughs> in their yeah playing in front of their cat. <laughs> they stuff, you know, that's when they did their stuff. They really meant it, you know. Yeah, because I saw I think a clutch thing, and those guys are really, really good. But they were it was like just a computer. They set up a computer, and uh, basically it sounded like they set up a computer. And they're wearing masks except for the singer, and it's like. I it's nice of them to try, and like maybe their fans appreciate it. But I just, man, I, it ain't for me, man. I just like this is some time off. I've been on, the, I'm like you. I've been on the road for, we've been on the road for you know, twenty something years. Yeah, and we had we had six months off anyway, which is long for us. And then this is going to turn. It's going to end up being like you know, eighteen months to our next, you know, between the last gig and then and uh and the next one. So. You know, we're drawing. You know, you've seen what we're like on tour. We're drawing out right now. <laughs> we're not. Dr- we're drinking way less than this. So. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I, I saw that you guys have rescheduled dates for next summer. So well, um, they, uh, they it was rescheduled for us. You know, we had like um, we got all of a sudden uh, they hit us with this uh, two month uh, um, uh, long tour schedule. And I was like, here's, gonna be, here's what's going to happen. And uh, I, they want us to announce stuff. And I was like, man, I just don't like announcing right now because it doesn't matter. These things are going to be sold out anyway. You got people who already bought tickets last time. And you got to pick new people. So, and then people, right now, just announcing something, people get people getting touchy. And uh, oh, you know, just, it's just, it's just, I don't want this to blow over a little bit. But yeah, we've got a very, very... A, Potentially, we are booked for a very, very busy schedule next year, which is going to be a kind of shock to our system after sitting around for like 18 months. Yeah. I didn't know uh, festival just just postponed by a year. Um, yeah. Well, what's it like going to be? What, what's it going to be like when uh, Nine Pound Hammer released this record? Are you going to be doing double duty? Uh, no, I wish, I wish, man, but uh, not that I haven't done tour a lot. We got, uh, I think we did uh, eight shows uh, a year and a half, or two, I said it was two years ago during the summer. We did eight shows, and uh, that's about all they can singers got. Everyone's got obligations and stuff, and uh, I mean, I really wish we could go out for a month or something like that. Maybe we will at some point, but uh, everyone is like old and got jobs, and, uh, and singers got a lot of obligations, too, so... Um, we do what we can, which means like basically we're going out. We do like four gigs with the Turks. That was easy, and we did like eight. Like we might do another week, week or ten days in Europe. Uh, we're trying to shoot for next year, but uh, I don't really know. Well, we have to get in shock fest for it to pay off. And it's so it's a you know I know I I I go from one to the other sometimes. Like uh, I, but when Knock on Hammer was more active, sometimes I went from one toward the next or I just stayed in Europe you know but yeah the Nine Pound Hammer record is going to be great I hope uh, uh, you know yeah it'd be great to get it out there and you know just it's the band's so good right now just, just want people to hear it <laughs> you know? yeah I noticed that I have a Nine Pound Hammer 7 inch where you guys do the Dictators cover and Daniel Ray's in the Dictators now yeah 
Or yeah, the Daniel. No, not anymore. The dictators are no more. There you are. Oh, Ross singing. Red original. Oh, right. Sorry, Ryder right, right, corrected me. The, the, the dictators are are back with Ross singing. Oh, what happened to uh, Dick singing. Manitoba? Actually, yes, the original ones without Dick. Yeah, and uh, Daniel's not doing that. But yeah, we played with uh, dictators with Daniel in it. And uh, kept in touch with him, obviously. He's done three records for Natural Pussy now. and I'd have him for everything. I'd have him for my whole life. I would have him just, like, tell me what to do, what to eat, what not, where to go, what not to go, or not to go. <laughs> serious. Uh, he's serious. He's never, he's never told me anything wrong. I've disagreed with him a few times, but he's never told me anything wrong. And he's the one guy I got along with both Johnny and Joey Ramone. So, I mean, the one, you know, so... Uh, you know, it's easy to get along with, seriously. Well, he seemed like a nice guy when we played with him a few times a couple of years back. So you have to be a you have to be a team player to be a good producer and deal with everyone's ego. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What oh, that's an old seven inch though. We didn't sound nothing like that, but we still sound kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I, uh, I reached out to you because I saw Bonnie had posted about the High as Hell 20th anniversary. I didn't know, and of course I did go back and listen to it, but I didn't know you released like a spoken word album about that era. Just now. Oh, you just yeah. did it now? I, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I you recorded it for the... Yeah, recorded for... They, they, I think we originally recorded for the 15th anniversary or something like that, but our manager at the time couldn't count. And it was like, so we didn't use this. I did it in 2016 at our, the Not on Hammer Drummer studio. And I came across it like on my, when I pulled out my old laptop, and I was like, what the hell is this? Blaine's spoken word. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And we listened to it and really liked it. So I was like, hey, we put this out. And, it, you know, it's, not, it's available. It came, out it came out last week. It's available for download. And, uh, you know, if you want. And everyone seemed to like it. I was. Uh, little, I loved it. I loved it. Really? I was. Yeah. I was going right, to ask you if you were going to do more. I, I'm going to have to. It looks like. Uh, this is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of. Uh, I, I personally thought it was a little amateurish because most stuff they put, you could put out like that is scripted. And I was most, I said the word basically 6,000 times. I said, and, uh, 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 you know, too. So anyway, so, but everyone seemed to, I mean, really, really, really like it. I mean, I got more, I think I had more positive responses about that as we do, as we do some, some of our records. It was really, it was really cool. So yeah, I probably will. I got to find, I got to find uh, uh, a, some kind of subject. And that's when I was uh, just talking to Ryder about a lot of people like it. And I think that people like it because right now, Everyone's giving their opinions on stuff, and that was not opinions. That was stories. Yeah, well, yeah. you always, or, like, don't you always want to talk about James Brown? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, could, I, I got some good James Brown stories. Well, sure. why don't you just do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I could. I could. I just, uh, I was mostly trying to get these songs down for Knock Out Hammer before anything Get this album out before I start doing this. I did a I did a podcast for a little bit called the Drunken Rock Show, and where I actually had music on there, and I told natural pussy stories, and I played some of my favorite songs, and it was I played the full songs, and uh, it didn't. 
I, you have to, if you're a do podcast, I'm sure you know, you have to be diligent and do yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know, because my idea was like, oh, I'm going to do three or four of them and let's see if they get a bunch of uh, views uh, or streams and stuff. It doesn't work like that. I mean, I caught on to Joe Rogan's podcast after a thousand. You know, I mean, Mark Marin, I, had, I didn't you know he had one until I saw his TV show. I mean, it was like you start, you know, so you have to be diligent about it. And it seemed like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not as hard a worker as someone like yourself. I mean, I spent <laughs> a lot of time getting stoned and uh, daydreaming, too. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I definitely I definitely are going to I think this format is good, though. Just do something like uh, like if say I'll talk Blaine talks about James Brown. Or uh, something like that. Concerts I've seen, or I've seen a lot of crazy concerts. And uh, just have that out, put it out, and you can stream it or you can buy it, and it's there. It's just there, you know. Uh, but I gotta limit myself. I can't just talk all the time because it, it would drop. I think it started dropping crazy. It no. did die. Real well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> ask people after they've been on tour with me for like like three or four years. I first first little bit's great. You know, guy's really funny. Then it's like, man. Oh. Well, you know, the, the the thing is, when I listen to the album, or what do you call what are you calling it? Or is it a real release? Is it a Blaine Cartwright release or a Nashville yeah. Pussy release? Like on Spotify, you have to go to uh, it's a Slinging Pig Records. But if you look on it online, it says under Blaine Cartwright. Well, I loved it because it was like I was listening to it in the kitchen, and it was just like you were sitting in the kitchen with me. Cool. <laughs> so all those like basically and 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 uh uh, that's what makes it real. Okay. Well. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, man, I've gotten some. I've gotten some uh, feedback. I sent it to really great feedback. I sent it to like three or four people who I thought. Would be interested in only that. I mean, I sent it to a couple of girlfriends and some friends or super fans, and that was it. And it kind of trickled down to other people, and they're like, "Man, that was great!" You know, I was listened to it two or three times. Like, wow. So yeah, I, I will do. I will. I will start thinking after. I got to get these lyrics from Knockout Hammer after that. I'll, that record will be done in November. Maybe I can do it. Knock out a few. I also did it at a studio. Um, yeah, a really nice studio. I did it and uh, with. Um, uh, uh, with an engineer, what kind of an engineer? My friend, but it's like I did it. At a, I had an excellent mic, the same mic I sing on for National Pussy stuff. So it came in really clear. You didn't have, you know, I didn't have to. I think that was part of the key too. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm sold. Yeah, I guess I will. You know, I'll I'll, I'll think about things to talk about. You know. Yeah, because I because I, Bonnie posted that, and I I thought, oh, I'm late to the party. This is from 2016. You're telling me you put it out a week and a half ago. I'll 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 post about it on our Instagram yeah. too. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I recorded it in 2016, but uh, you know, I, but it came. It just came out last week, and uh, we basically, basically like we were we uh, um, uh, we were talking to MVD, and we said, <laughs> Ryder sent an email. Said, "What's the status?" And then the next, I woke up at 7:30 in the morning. Like, oh, here it is. It's out. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, and, it's uh, so easy to do now. You can just post it. You should also, like, you, I mean, if you package it nicely, it could be a real cool thing. The only thing that threw me off is to, I thought it was some sort of, like, radio record promo thing that you guys posted because it's a, just a picture of you rather than, like, actual artwork. 
Yeah, we had to come up with something kind of fast. And it's me lighting two joints. I think it was. I think there was on the Danko tour. On the on the Danko tour. Right. This picture was, you know, of me lighting a joint, light uh, off a joint, or I don't know, something like that. Me smoking two joints or something like that. It was during our, our we were taking pictures for the Odd Couple too. <laughs> oh, that. There we go. That that is, I mean, I, if if you package it with like someone does some serious artwork like Blaine Cartwright for president, and then you throw that on your record player, I love yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, we should do our odd couple of things. Like right now, you could be wearing a mask, and I couldn't, and we could be arguing. Oh, uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be. <laughs> yeah, a controversial show. It's funny, but but funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm so down for that. If, if there's someone out yeah. there who wants to help organize that, well, I'd be down for it. Yeah, man, let's, let's get it out there. Because I mean, they're uh, all kind. They're making shows about just about everything else at this point. So uh, they need Netflix and for the next. We need to store up some Netflix shows for the next pandemic, you know, or war or whatever's going to go on. <laughs> you know, wherever, next time we're locked in, the yeah. odd couple will be. It'd be a well, unite Canada and America too. It'll be something we can all we can all you know cheer. That would be amazing if if we can think, get a, a script together and then you record your lines and I'll record mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what else that we never did? I don't know who started the conversation, but we were going to do a traveling Wilburys thing. Yeah, I started that with uh, I thought about me and you doing it at first. And then we're really busy. And then we start talking about having Eddie and then like maybe Mick Collins or something. Yeah. And that, at that point, it was like getting four people scheduled together that toured all the time. You know, when you were home, you wanted to be home. And, and I was home. I was doing nine pound, I was do, not doing natural pussy. I was doing nine-pound hammer. So you try to get busy people scheduled together for a band. And that's really hard. Uh, really, really, really hard. We were touring all the time back then, both of us. Yeah, it's crazy. But now everyone's not doing if we can get someone to do the music and then all you got to do is sing over it yeah we just we say rock oh yeah we did we did a uh we just did that we had a, a nazareth uh tribute record for hair of the dog they recorded hair of the dog it's for a charity and uh writer sang miss misery from that and she also sang love hurts with eddie spaghetti did the harmonies on that in the background and I did this, uh, did the uh, title cut, did Hair of the Dog. But a band plays all, another band played all the tracks. Right. They did this with a Black Oak Arkansas tribute a few years ago, went to charity. But this is, yeah, it's really good. They got some of the members of Nazareth in it. But, so we kind of just did that. But right now, I mean, um, uh, Nonfront Hammer's getting together and playing. and written, But, you know, um, Kentucky, I mean, I don't want to jinx anything, but Kentucky's uh, pretty been hit pretty light. Compared to it, uh, as far as the, any kind of COVID stuff, you know, as far as any kind of real threat, and uh, so we all kind of, we all we we're, we're careful, you know, we're careful, but we are in a room playing, There's like five five of us, you know. But uh, this was uh, if it was either now or, you know, once I get started being busy again, I can't do this stuff. Yeah, we kind of took advantage of it, and also got uh, for the first time ever, and got. Uh, we got money for not working. <laughs> you don't do that in America. So everyone got some. Everyone got a check. And I was like, so uh, I'm pretty much investing mine in, uh, in uh, probably a little bit of writers too. I'm sure in in, uh, in nine pound hammer record. 
now to make sure it sounds really good. Well, how did you get from uh, Lexington back to Atlanta? Did you drive? Yeah, yeah, I drove. Oh, okay, okay. The yeah, I drove. Please. It's seven hours. I, I drive. I don't stop. I mean, you got to stop once, but, you know, I'm not. Well, um, I just, you know, it's uh, it's pretty casual. There's still not totally open in these places in Kentucky. But every, and if you go out to eat, I try to, I try to get uh, – I got a I got Airbnb so I can eat cook grocery cook groceries instead of going out. But if you do go out, I didn't go to any bars. That's the thing, man. I mean, if you see, I mean, there's a huge party close to us on the weekends, man. There had to be like 700 people in the street in Atlanta. So Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, I know. If you're kind of uh, conscious about that stuff, yeah, it's, it's, some of the places are like that. So I didn't go to any bars. Or anything. So I, did, I mean, if you do go out to eat, you're like sitting way away from everybody and all that. And uh, like I said, I mean, I don't want to jinx anything. There's been like been 50 deaths in Fayette County, Kentucky, and they've got like close to 400,000 people. So that's like one in every thousand. Yeah, that's and pretty good numbers. Yeah. And, and um, almost every one of them are. Oh, but you know, like I said, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to encourage anyone to be unsafe or if someone didn't feel safe we didn't do it um, our, actually our drummer uh is in atlanta he didn't feel like he didn't feel like he was safe for going so uh, we used a drummer there uh, uh-huh. you know so i didn't well, yeah i don't want to encourage anyone not to be safe but we were all itching to do it and felt it worth the risk and um basically we wanted to get we wanted to do a record we just we had started in March, and we had six songs, and we made, like, you know, demos from our phone, and they were, we were down, and then then we got halted. We were driving, me and the uh, old drummer, Rob, were driving to Lexington, Kentucky, from Atlanta, and, uh, and but from the time we left to the time we got halfway up there, I guess there's a big, big uh, uh, press conference happened, where they started walking down Ohio and other states. And so we got halfway up there, and uh, and our guitar player said, "Hey man, you can't stay here in our house because everyone's flipping out." And all of a sudden, everything shut down. We got there, we got to Kentucky just uh, lot, basically in time just to eat or have one last restaurant and go get a hotel. We couldn't stay anywhere, and, and uh, then we had to, you know, by the time we came back uh, four days later after jamming in our friend's garage, uh, everything was locked down. And it was. Real surreal in Atlanta when uh, it's uh, seven thirty at night and there's seven million people in the city and you're like the, I was coming back from a couple of places and I'm like the lone car on the road. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really, it's, it, it reminded me of being in Europe because it was like it was like okay, here you are. You have you have you know everyone whole country gets six weeks off and we're all going to take it at the same time and here's some money and by the way everything's closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like yeah because we'd be you know it was like in europe you'd be like in france or italy or someplace like that and uh we'll go huh man let's get some food and we got a day off to go everything's closed it's, vac- it's vacation it's like okay <laughs> all right all the restaurants are closed for the month that's okay <laughs> yeah well, I, man, this is awesome to just touch base with you guys and, and see how yeah. you guys are doing. This is, I mean, that's what I've been doing basically with these podcasts is just checking out how people are doing and it seems like everyone's doing the same thing. 
Well, we're uh, we've got a uh, you know man. I mean, we we probably landed. We had the best situation that I know of. Uh, we have a we have a half an acre. We got a house on a half an acre, and it's a nice big house. And uh, um, uh, Ryder basically has transformed uh, uh, the yard into uh, Garden of Eden out there with uh, with uh, plant tomatoes and peppers and everything. Nice. And, uh, and uh, she's had some much needed. We. It had a very not, much needed compre- decompression time from being on the road for about 20 years, you know. Yeah. And it, we even actually started to look forward to traveling maybe instead of dreading <laughs> it. Yeah, because we watched, I think we watched something and uh, it was based in like, uh, I watched something that was based in Norway. And it was, oh, that bullet hammer show. Was, oh, I remember Norway. And we watched something from Holland. Oh, Holland. I've been making like cheese plates and stuff, like recreating my backstage rider in the house. <laughs> Elizabeth. Watching nothing but foreign Netflix and making like cheese plates. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys do you guys like strap on guitars and then pretend to walk in the other room like you're going to the stage? <laughs> After you yeah. eat the cheese plate. <laughs> we haven't got to there yet, man. No, but, but we, we have that day sheet that says don't do nothing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, uh, I mean, we got, you know, we got access to everything we need and this stuff. So we're we're fine. Uh, we're fine. We're basically just uh, just following the guidelines, and uh, you know, drinking a lot of drinking, way too much coffee, drinking way less liquor. Yeah, we went to the doctor's appointment the other day, and our doctor's like, "Man, you guys are in really good shape." He's like, "Yeah, because we're not on the road." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the alcohol consumption is plummeted. To where uh, I had, you know, I had to do vocals the other day for, for uh, that Nazareth thing. I had two shots of Jack Daniels right before it, and I felt like my insides were on fire. Like right. not that man, yeah. What about you? Ian? Yeah, we I got mean, like, Are you in a bubble? Like, do you touch anything now? Yeah, it was tough, man. I, you know how I am, and, and yeah, oh! that's what I was wondering. So you were already under quarantine. Yeah, so it's like a, a it was a mix of, um, uh, oh, my nightmares come true mixed with, oh, I've been preparing for this my whole life. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like a lateral move into reality. Yeah. Now, now your fears are have a realistic basis. <laughs> I can, I can totally, I can totally do this. Uh, I have, <laughs> but it took it well, took a couple. Like, I don't want to wear a mask, so I just never leave my house. Like, yeah, great. yeah. Well, I do a mask, and if I have to go inside a like a grocery store or something, I'm now wearing also a face shield, and I wear gloves. Ooh. <laughs> so, and I I lice all the gloves when I'm done. So wow. I lice all my gloves, and then I also lice all everything that the gloves touched. And then once I'm home, I wash my hands, and then I'm good. And then it's normal. Uh, but good. Then well, there's singer Renown Pound Hammer. Uh, it's kind of like a hypochondriac. It's also conspiracy theory, guys. So uh, uh, we were wondering what was going to win over in this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, it's conspiracy one. <laughs> I remember, I remember I went, when this thing first started, there was a moment where I was I was uh, washing a banana with soap, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, man, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, I do that, though. Yeah, we wash, wash the grocery. When you come home from the grocery store, it's yeah. a... Another fifteen minutes of washing the groceries. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. You're staying diligent. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah for you. Well, we're yeah we're here, and uh, I mean we got we're both good, really good cooks, and uh, uh, you know that's uh, we're fine. Yeah, we don't have to yeah. leave the house. You really don't have wonderful. to, and, and and we can walk. There's there's areas we can walk. 
when uh, and everything. It's we, so, and, it's we, and we both have little bubbles of clean people that we hang out with. Right. People who've been tested, and one of them has a pool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, we have yeah. a bubble. We have a bubble as well. So we were hanging out with friends last night, and they had threw on the barbecue and stuff. So. Well, that's it's good. A little taste of reality. Just a little bit. I'm just. My whole thing is like, uh, I just want to. I just want an endpoint to this. Like, if you get, even if it's like December 2021, just let me know so I can like. And enjoy the ride. Come on. You, we, uh, it's not the destination. We have a we have we have a gig for April thirtieth, uh, and and we have a gig look for April thirtieth. That's when the long tour starts. And I mean, that's something. It was like, what if happens? Do they got to push it back? They got to push it back. Got to push it back. I mean, I, I know we'll be. I, I know that we'll be up to ass and gigs at some point, and I'll be going. Oh, this is. Oh, I wish we had. Just wish we had. Yeah, what's that pandemic at when you need it? Yeah. <laughs> You, you're so you're so right about the you know first time off in twenty years. That's how I feel as well. We still haven't unpacked since October since we toured with you. <laughs> still sitting on the floor. Yeah. So there's yeah. I mean there's that. You know, like I, I'm trying to appreciate that, but I just I just want an endpoint to this. But I go, I go to Kentucky, uh, and I think I'm going to go. Uh, couple more times and then i go up there before daniel gets there then daniel gets there and we do like three then he goes over the arrangements for like two or three days yeah and they record for we're recording for like 12 you know and uh which is a long time for nine pound hammer to be because we usually had access to our own studio because the drummer had a studio and we <laughs> work on these albums over a year and a half <laughs> at our leisure so this is gonna be really concentrated and uh uh, and Daniel's gonna. We never had a producer before, so Daniel's gonna light a fire on her ass a little bit, and uh, we, we've already pretty inspired, and you know, light a fire under, under everybody, you know. And this, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, you know. It's gonna be probably. I, I hope it's gonna be like uh, the last couple of nights on Hammers. We were self released, or with uh, released with our uh, uh, Nitrosonic Records, which is basically their, their drummers, a rec- short lived record company through MVD, and so this one will help it get a little more attention because we just like would like to get some rev- reviews and stuff, you know, just uh, just because uh, these guys don't lay tours, so they don't get the feedback. So I go, I go out with National Pussy, and I see knock on hand with people every night. They come up and say, "Man, I really like that album, I like the song and stuff." And these guys, they don't get that, so we yeah. want to get you want to get it out there and um, spread the word. I'll, I'll keep you posted on it. I'm, I'm really impressed. It's uh, we got we've got. Basically, we're doing like kind of like uh, if if the Sex Pistols did like Exile on Main Street with Johnny Cash singing or something. No, uh, it's uh, a bunch Whoa. of different stuff. Stuff we grew up with. I yeah, well, you know, so stuff we grew up with. Like every like we even got a hardcore song and we got a country song and of course we got cow punk song. We got Ramones type song. We got a Stones type song. You know, like Southern Rock type song and just it's everyone's really talented and. Uh, it's just, I don't know, I'm real excited about it. I'm more excited. I'm, I'm just most excited I've been about Nine Pound Hammer record in a long time. And being a singer, getting all, we're kind of like Johnny and Joey of the Ramones, and if you, we get along right now. We get along right now. We, we've been at that. <laughs> we've been at a stage where we were in the studio separately for a while. I mean, wow. like, uh, well, well, not not because we fight. It's just because um, he go do his songs and he sing my songs too. But I would, I don't know. It was it was sometimes counterproductive. Uh, there, but now we've now we're like you know, 
now we're like we're banded together, which is great because whatever we whatever us two agree on goes. <laughs> There's no argument with that. Oh yeah, we have a so we have a live album coming out. Oh man, we got okay. One more thing, we got a live album coming out. Uh, uh, I'm not sure what their final decision is, what label, but uh, a sound man uh, record. He's a sound man for Hasty Dixie. His name is Dave Bennett, and he's great. He's from England. We we ran into him when at the, at the day we fired our other sound man from France. We went in England, and Dave was there, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to do a sound?" He's like, "Oh man, I love you guys." Yes, and I said, like, "Do you want to record a record?" So he did it on his uh, on his computer, and he mixed it, and it it sounds like a freight train. It's the uh, it's the when people say that natural pussy sounds better live than they do than we do on record. Uh, they, this record sounds like live, and it sounds like it sounds like uh, mo more motorheadish, more like a freight. I said, make it like a freight train, you know, just going down the road like a big locomotive, and it sounds like that. And uh, we've had the pandemic kind of push to push the back here and there, but uh, we're gonna get that out realistically probably uh, right before we tour next year. You know, wow, that's great. amazing! You guys have all these releases. Well, it's a good time to keep working, you know. It's like that's why you know instead of like spending my money I got from the government on on uh, booze and and take out. We honestly just mailed it to studios. Like, take our money. Yeah, I just I guess I sent half Dana Ray and Park to the studio and said, "Hey, man, you know, why get it before Trump changes his mind, man?" <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's uh, it. Sounds awesome, and I'm I'm gonna pump up that. Uh, spoken word album of yours too. I didn't know it was only a week and a half old. Please do it. If, you, if it goes well, especially if I mean people can buy it for eight bucks or something, man. Then it's like it really doesn't take much for me to talk. I mean, it's not like it doesn't take near as much pre-production as it does for. I mean, it takes a year and a half to get an album together for us. You know, at least. Yeah. So, and but we were a couple of years between records. If I could knock one of these the, these things out, you know, easy. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for the encouragement. I was wondering if you'd heard that. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. That's why I was like, I saw the post and I was like, why haven't I asked Blaine? And then I heard the album. I'm like, so that's when I reached out to you. Right on. Very cool, man. All right. I'm encouraged. Yeah, I'm glad you heard it. Yeah, after, it was wicked. After, after yeah. I get these nine-pound hammer lyrics uh, uh, together, I'll start thinking about like what to talk about. And, and I'll just, <laughs> and I'll just get, I mean, all I do is smoke weed. I didn't drink. I just smoke weed and... Uh, um, I uh, just uh, I just talked. I mean, there wasn't any extra. I didn't redo any takes or anything like that. I don't, I don't think I might have. I don't think I, I didn't punch in or anything. <laughs> well, if we do the odd couple, you have to drink. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, only if you take like Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't take anything. No. <laughs> well, you have to be the opposite, though. You have to do yoga first or something. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Perfect. It's so great to hear from you. I, I wish we talked earlier in the pandemic. You, your voices would have calmed me down more. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, people are getting a little touchy because there's not the only human interaction they have is like uh, people are in their house a lot of times. So yeah, like, we're definitely lucky to have a yard. Holy you're lucky shit. to have a yard and, uh, and distraction. I would have gone too. crazy if I didn't have this yard. Yeah, I could imagine being in an apartment or something like during this. I, I would have. You know, bouncing off the walls, you know, for sure. Yeah, I got muscles and everything now. <laughs> you, got, well, you, you got better shape. She's better. Yeah, she's like lost weight during the pandemic and quit drinking. Yes. <laughs> we do things opposite everybody else, I think. So. Wow, it's great that you guys are doing well. It's very encouraging. 
Cool. Oh, yeah. Taking it all on stride, man. Yeah, man. You can have sure. some of our chill. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> just, yeah. It's a, I'm playing you vacation. Can, you can have some of our chill if you come over here and unpack our fucking bags. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long trek to unpack bags. <laughs> it's worth it, man. Our yard is great. <laughs> Well, thanks, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you so much. You did. All right. All right. Cool. Excellent. All right, dude. Thanks, man. Okay. See you guys. See you, man. Take care. Just say